1: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: On today's episode, we dissect the humor of the left. Analyze why the Capitol riots were the equivalent of breaking into a church for some people. We'll take on a classic leftist straw man of Trump supporters. And finally, we'll pick apart David Hogg's almost accidentally based opinion of surveillance capitalism. This is Cringe Post. Hey, friends! Welcome to the Cringe Post podcast. This is the podcast where we take on those uh, different memes or posts that you might see on your feed every week, and maybe you know there's something wrong with it, but you don't have time to engage with it or, or argue about it. Um, so we go through those, we select the best and the uh, not so brightest uh, posts, and we take <laughs> them apart and uh, make a you know a solid argument as to why they're wrong. Uh, so my name is Brett. I'm here with my co-host, Donnie. And uh, before we get started, please make sure to like and share and subscribe to our show. Um, we have a really nice core group of listeners, so thank you guys for listening. Uh, the more you guys share it, the more we can spread anti-cringe to the masses. Um, before we get started with other people's cringes, though, uh, we like to you know kind of poke some fun at ourselves and just show that, hey, there is a chance for people to grow out of, of their cringe statuses. Um, and today we are going to be picking on our co-host, Donald Kimball. And in 2008, November 5th, you know, after election, uh, Donald wrote, "Knows God works in mysterious ways, like electing the socialist." Obviously, a a kind of bitter uh, tweet towards uh, the fact that your man John McCain lost and Barack Obama, <laughs> the socialist, won.
1: <laughs> well, this is this is pretty humiliating. I mean, you know, I'm I'm really really young, so you can only you can only take so much, you know accountability i guess but you know at the time i uh i was like yeah well of course we have to elect john mccain because he's the good guy i mean he fought in the wars you know and like obama's just a socialist and it's like if you asked me at the time what a a definition of socialism is i don't think i really could have told you anything except make government bigger and i hate to tell past donald this but uh john mccain he also would be a make government bigger kind of guy, so I don't, I don't think uh, your God, your your post on God working in mysterious ways, like electing the socialist, is exactly as uh, acute as you think it is.
0: Yeah, I remember because uh, I grew up in a pretty Republican household, and I was like, "Ooh, the good guy, George Bush won." And then when it was you know time for Obama versus McCain, I was like. And Obama won. It was like, oh, no, like the world is going to end. And I remember my my youth pastor, he was actually very, very based um, because it, on on Tuesday night, he's like, hey, like looks like Obama's going to win. It's not the end of the world. Like Christians and all these people are still going to keep doing the same thing that they're supposed to do and living good lives. Like things will continue on, you know, and and I thought that was pretty, pretty awesome. Because for me, right, like that was like the first election of my lifetime that I thought I lost, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. Um, by all that. Um, and then, obviously, you see in 2016 the, the, the Democrats lose for the first time, and, and like millennials at least, and, and just the freak out and fallout from that, which is pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, I, I like the tinge of bitterness in this. It's, uh, it's unbefitting of you, Donald, but it is still pretty funny.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I'm, and the thing is, uh, you know, I wasn't a huge uh, John McCain guy in the primary. Uh, of course, I was a Mike Huckabee guy. So oh, that tells no. you how informed I was, and 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 you know that was really not a very well informed take. I think it was like he was a pastor at one point or something, or he was at least religious. So I liked him, and it's like okay. And I actually had some friends um, who we homeschooled with, uh, who they were on the Ron Paul train, like you know the the kids that were my age were, and uh, they they I remember. Uh, I was I was not. And and um, and they they mentioned something like I got my mom to vote for Ron Paul in the primary and he was really excited. And I was like, Grr. yeah, <laughs> was he's going to make funny. us open to more terror attacks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So anyway, so shout outs, uh, shout outs to my to my very based uh, homeschool friends who uh, were way ahead of me on the curve. I, ca- I caught up finally, but they always were two steps ahead of me. Nice. Nice.
0: Well, uh, let's move on to to other folks' cringe. Um, So our first one of the day, we've got this person, and they tweeted, I'm amazed by how many people are here straight up missing your point. For the slow readers, I, as a white person, don't have the context around a lot of the jokes. So laughing at black people for unclear reasons
1: feels really racist. So to highlight, and, and unfortunately I, I was trying to search through all the tweets to pull this one up, I couldn't find it in time, but the original tweet is talking about uh, someone watching the the TV show and on the comic strip, I, but I believe she was specifically referring to the TV adaptation of The Boondocks, which prominently features a black family and um, their neighborhood and, and their lives and stuff. And the, the tweet talks about, you know, watching the boondocks. Sometimes I find myself laughing, but as a white person, I don't always know why. And it's really, I feel really racist. And and then this, I was like, what? And then this response is like, I, as a white person, don't have the context around a lot of the jokes. So laughing at black people for unclear reasons feels really racist. It's like, whoa. Okay, so you're telling me now that you have to segregate comedy and, and entertainment as well. <laughs> like it's now now it's if I don't find you know like they use the argument like if you, you don't find a woman funny that's sexist. But maybe I as a man don't have the context around a lot of the jokes, so laughing at a woman could be really sexist, right? The the the, the reasoning and the logic behind it makes no sense, um, and they they flip flop the argument how they want to have it. But but to me that just seems so racist to say that. Laughing at comedy made by black people about black people is really racist. Like, you can't enjoy the humor they produce because you're a different race than them, or because I I don't know. I don't know. What do you do? What's your read? Yeah, I so my read on it is this
0: is like this is a person that wants to have all of the right opinions and laugh at the right jokes, right? So, like, to one, it's really clear to me that this person it's weird to say that they're laughing at something that's not clear why it's funny. Like you only laugh at something if it's funny. And so they, that's, that kind of defeats the whole purpose of comedy, right? Comedy is supposed to elicit a reaction from you because you can't help it. It's not like, Oh, I'm thinking and Oh, this is funny. And now I will laugh, you know, as much as these folks kind of like want to be that way because they want to have all of like the right opinions and, and the right humor and all that stuff. And that's why it like people like Dave Chappelle and Joe Rogan and guys that are really genuinely really funny, annoy them so much because it's, things that are not like truth and, and pointing out a lie, um, is at the core of comedy. Right. And that's what makes people laugh because it's like, you're, you're either accentuating a truth or accentuating a lie and in in a way that people can really understand. And, uh, because these folks don't like truth at all, like, obviously they're not, they're not going to dig it. And then also because they're so, you know, wound up so tight about having the right opinions and not, uh, not being racist or whatever. Um, you know, they're, they're in a straight jacket. And that's, that's, that's what, that's what really hits me about this. It's like, oh, it has to be really clear to me why it's funny. It's like, no, like if it's funny, it's funny, you know, and that's, you know, like, uh, like, uh, like the office, right? Like there's a lot of physical comedy in the office and situational comedy in the office. And sometimes it's not really clear why it's funny. Like I couldn't like, if you said, hey, write down why this is funny. It'd be very hard for me to do that. Uh, but it's just really darn funny. You watch it, you laugh and it's awesome. I don't want to have to think about it. That's, that's not the point of comedy.
1: I think I think you bring up a great point. Um, and, and, and what's great about comedy, too, is it strikes different people in different ways, like like different people find certain aspects really funny because different things will resonate with different people. And you don't always know what that is. Like you said, it's really hard to articulate what one one example of of that from The Office to me is there, there's a scene when um, Will Ferrell starts taking over for Steve Carell. I, th- I think that's right, or maybe you know it might be when um, when Idris Elba's character comes in or something. I don't remember, but but a bunch of them are trying to impress the new boss, and yeah, yeah I think it's Idris Elba's character, and he's like, "How how big would you say that this, like this conference room is or something?" And I remember Gabe just says something, "Oh, like three fifty f- free ball in it," and and it's just such an off comment to the side. It's not a big setup. It's just so funny to me how he's like trying to act cool, like free balling it, and like I've I've described that to other people are like yeah, and and they don't really get you know they're not really clicking because they're picking up different things from it. But it's just when I hear that, it just the, the gut instinct I get is that's really funny, even if I don't quite process why in the moment or anything like that. And and so to to loop back to your original point, um, it really is to to many who are being told that you have to have the correct opinions to be deemed. Holy in this culture, comedy really is a virtue signal. It's like why people like Stephen Colbert or John Oliver they get laughs, but they get applause. I think as Michael Malice is the one who points out, you know, as a comedian, you shouldn't have people applauding. It should be laughter. You know, it's not like ha ha, ha I agree with you. It should be that was really funny, ha ha. You know, you're not you're, but but so much of what they view as comedy these days is this self-righteous moral crusade of here's me putting all the correct opinions look at my enemies they're so dumb and that's what's really funny rather than it just being a you know spontaneous humor that illuminates truth and reality in some aspect so to me the fact that you're laughing at the jokes even if you don't have a lot of context around that tells me that boondocks is really well written because they can articulate and communicate um the sense of something even if you don't know exactly what's going on it's like sometimes if you've watched a show that you know, like you're in the middle of like someone else is watching, and you've never seen an episode. But you, but you can kind of pick up on some of the quirks of why it's funny, even if you don't know the characters or the backstory or the context. Moments can still be funny, and maybe it's not the full impact that it would otherwise be, but it can still be that way, right? Um, and so, so to to boil everything down to race in here, just it strikes me as that typical, um, classic sort of uh, postmodern racism of. Your identity is your primary characteristic and the fact that I'm laughing at this and I don't know why, and you are black, that's the primary thing here. Not that it's a well-written show or that it's well animated or that they do a good job communicating. Nope, that that's all secondary to the fact that it is it's primarily racially black and because of that, I'm white. Uh-oh, friction. I, I feel racist and I don't know what to, I don't know how to compute. I don't know what to do.
0: Yeah, and I think that the the very fact that they're like, Well, I we want it to be universally funny and, and going back to your uh, explanation of like of of, of the office and, and Gabe and Freeball in it, like that's insanely funny because like people that work in that environment, in an office environment or work around like kind of nerdy, squeamish people like Gabe. Like they know people like that, right? Like I don't have to understand why it's funny to be like, oh my gosh! Like I know a guy like that, and that's really funny that he's sucking up and and trying to like be cool and everything. And there are certain types of like 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 one of, one of my buddies is you know Fijian, and like he's got a certain type of humor from his culture that I don't really get. And sometimes like like something comes up and he thinks it's hilarious, and like I don't really get it because I I don't live within that culture, right? And but it's funny for him. And then you know me being Filipino and Asian. Like there are certain stereotypes about like an, an Asian grandmother or things like that, that really resonate with me that this person would think is so racist. But like, I get it because it's hilarious, you know, because it's like, well, I grew up with an Asian grandmother, right? She was always telling me either, either I was either too fat or I was too skinny. And she was always trying to feed me and asking me whether I was going to be an engineer or a doctor, you know, all these different things. And like this person would say that's racist while it's like, well, I think it's hilarious because I I understand that situation. And that's the really sad part about the left is like they just strip comedy because it's like, well, you can't point out differences, right? You can't have if, if any sort of truth or comedy comes at the um, not at the expense, but just it requires like, hey, stereotyping a certain type of people or whatever, um, because you kind of have to have that understanding to make sense of the joke. You know, naturally, like they call it racist. And that, that's what's really sad about it, because there's a lot of funny stuff out there.
1: Yeah, well, exactly, and so and so to maybe the last thing I think I'll say on this is that um, one of the great things about a show like Boondocks or the comic strip is that it can do the work almost of um, not 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 in a dumbing down way or in a meta way, but but almost ex- expanding that that subset of knowledge and context and experience that maybe I don't have. And sharing that, and telling this is funny, this is the context, and you can learn it. You can you can understand and learn to enjoy that kind of humor, um, yeah. and and see like you know I don't I don't have um, like I, my, my parents or grandparents are you know from the U K and like or from Germany and things like they're not they're not Asian right, but but watching a show like Kim's Convenience or something, seeing that Asian family dynamic, it's like oh I can I can see how the like you know I've had friends in this you know I can relate to, or or maybe it's just a new experience I didn't know about, but I can sort of understand humor things like that, and and so. They, they, they don't want you to have that crossover almost in, in this context where it's like, I feel racist for laughing. No, let it share. But, but primarily, I think um, as you point out, like it, the cultures that are going to inform people's experiences, it's, it's really secondary to, to race and genetics, right? I think it's more about, you know, people groups have had cultures that have these shared experiences and then that's why people find things funny, not because of the skin tone or, or the way that they're, you know, their specific biologies. It has so much more to do with your shared experience and then your individual brain, right? You as an individual are going to process things. I have this awesome, hilarious friend, um, online, uh, call him Grant. Who his the way his brain functions is so different than mine. He's thinking of all these abstract connections. So you know, we'll talk online, a, a bunch of us in a group, and someone will say something completely mundane that is not funny. You know, make some abstract comment, and in his head, he connects that to some completely other thing than than anyone else, and he'll just start losing it. Uh, you know, on the call, just dying laughing. And, it's, and we all start laughing because we know that he's made some connection. We have no idea why it's funny because we literally haven't made that connection. But then, he, you know, so he'll sort of explain his line of reasoning. And even if we didn't get there ourselves, we can appreciate that fact and laugh with him. And, or sometimes we laugh at the fact that he finds it funny, right? There's just so many ways that you can share and connect with humor um, because of the ways that individuals connect with things. Not not on a race level. Um, again, at best on a shared experience cultural level. but But more than that, just an individual... Level, I don't know. I don't know. I see things like Boondocks as, as being a great way to expand and share yeah. and uh, incorporate humor in a, in a real meaning of diversity. I guess.
0: Yeah. No, that's really good. All right. Moving on to our next one. So we've got a, a tweet from the Washington Post, and they say in quotes, "To me, it's like people breaking into a church," says Supervisor Hickman about watching the attack on January 6th. "Quote: We need to reach deep into our core again." Unquote. And then someone uh, uh, replied, it is to the same, but these insur- insurrectionists are the same so-called devout lunatics who cherish a Bible to file the Trump's autograph. I, I love um, <laughs> I love how, and you know, I've talked about like Joe Scarborough, you know, making fun of like it was the Capitol, not a taco stand and, and, and how these folks just really love the government its just so much and it's it's literally like a religious fervor for honoring these sacred places and oh my gosh these people you know I I, I, uh, I like the the joke I, I, I heard about how Alec Baldwin has killed as many people as the January 6th riots um, <laughs> you know obviously referencing Alec Baldwin shooting shooting the lady on, on set and there's only one person that died as a direct result of the January 6th I know a few people died from like heart attacks and stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, these these folks just like and, and we've talked about it before in other in other episodes, but like they want to like invoke religion and the Bible and like, well, you don't hold up these principles of love when it when it suits them. And then they also want to, you know, not accept the other parts of Christianity or religion and uh, being, uh, you know, a, 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 a religious person, um, you know, when it comes to things like abortion or, you know, working hard or responsibility.
1: It's I mean, the, more and more the curtain falls down, right on on the arbitrary divisions. I think it was in the last episode we were talking about this um, lack of distinction between religion and government as a religion, right? And this this we make this weird arbitrary distinction of, well, you know, you can't have public dollars funding a religious school. Uh, but you can have it going to a public school, which is a government school, and that really is their religion, right? And more and more, this the veil is dropping. It's you know, to me, it's like watching people break into a church. Okay, you're basically going and saying it, right? The the government is your is your religion, and the you know the congressional building is your you know is your chapel. It's, it is your church. Um, and then and then, of course, the funny thing to me is this this re- this person who replies they have the little uh, rainbow flag in there in their handle so you, you know that they're on the left they're not even like having a problem with the religious language if you bring up religious context in 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 a way that you know they disagree with they'll attack you for invoking religion specifically like if you were to say something like we need to keep the white house pure of adulterers because God doesn't want us to adulterate. They go, like, Oh, what about separation of church and state? They, mm-hmm. you know, that's what they chime in with. But then when it's like, you know, the storming, the Capitol building was like watching them right, breaking into a church. They're like, it is to the sane. <laughs> You're like, okay, so which is it? Why do you, why is it okay to make the religious comparisons in one case and not the other? And it's because you don't actually have any principles on the matter. Uh, you just want it to, you know, you just want it to fit your, your own a, a, a agenda and, and, uh, personal views or whatever but it's just funny because again they they can't um and and and, you know i I think every time we bring up january 6th we sort of make the disclaimer that we think it was stupid and childish and petulant and and i do think that the people who want a bible signed by trump is pretty stupid and silly right yeah like that's not that's not a A great thing and um but but it is funny to me that again their main concern is with the well-being of the government state and not not anything else Uh, and there's no other concern shown um and and again it's it, it literally becomes their sacred altar uh and and the language is just used without any hesitation which i think I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but it seems to me like at least they were more they were they were not this open with calling things in religious terms before, at least.
0: Yeah, it's I mean, uh, I'm sure you remember with like Obama, but they had I think it was like the life of, of Julia or whatever. And, you know, where they're basically like, here's the life cycle of a person taken care of by the government. Right. Her name's Julia. You know, she's born into a single-parent household, and we pay for her school. And then once she graduates, we subsidize her college. And then she has a kid outside of wedlock, and we're going to give her food stamps and blah, 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 blah. And, like, that, that, there's something kind of sinister, right, about all of that, which is like, oh, like, the only meaningful relationship this woman's going to have in her life is with the government, right? And there's no need for community or church or any social fabric or people who um you know are going to do good things and and take care of their own and and or or for this this woman to you know make personal choices that that have better you know uh results for her you know that better her life like she can rely on the government as long as she pays taxes and and she worships at the altar you know of the Capitol. like it's all going to be good and that's i think we're seeing the results of that being kind of profiliated throughout our school system right where it's like oh the government good they have a big button they push it everyone can be made whole and better, uh, by us pushing this button, as long as you vote the right people in. And that's why it's just, it's always interesting to me when people talk about like the, the Capitol and January six, it's like, well, why, why is that so awful? Right? Like why, why was this awful? And mo- like, I know I can explain why it's awful. It's like, well, there was destruction and people got hurt and people died. Um, but when you, once you get past that, it's like, it's not really any different than, you know, uh, uh the taco stand being burned. The only difference is, is like, no one has to really, none of the, the people who pay for it is us, right? It's going to get fixed. That's the difference. Is it's going to get fixed and at our expense? Um, and yeah, it's just really, it's really sad how we've, we've, and I guess that's kind of the nature, right, of government is that it, in order for the people in power to stay in power, they have to almost put themselves at, you know, some so, sort
1: of like deity level. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't have any other sort of um, threads of thought other than just pointing out a couple funny things first being, you know, this is posted on November 2nd. I saw some other headline about January 6th. I mean, like, they're doing the Mark Meadows thing with the mm-hmm. Congress. You know, now it's it's December 14. We're almost coming up on the one-year anniversary of this, and uh, <laughs> it's like, I I don't know, it's, it's just so, it's like, this is really Russia all over again. They're like, Trump's out of office. How do we, you know, how do we have a witch hunt for Trump uh, when he's out of office and make it last as long as the Russia nothing burger I know will make January 6th the big thing so you know boo to them for doing that and boo to the January 6th people for giving them fodder to do it with that's um, ridiculous yeah and then this the only other second small thing that I'll point out is uh, again the language of the second tweet where it's like they, they'll defile a uh, bible defiled with Trump's autograph um that language again to me it reveals more about their just absolute loathing and hatred for Trump more than their respect for the Bible because something tells me that they wouldn't, they wouldn't think that a Bible's defiled if you like burned it or if you, I don't know, like took a crucifix and put it upside down in a jar of pee and called it an art piece. You know what I mean? Like the, these, the, the the double standards again, like you mentioned at the very beginning of, you know, saying, you know, using religious language and using religious themes when it suits them, when they don't believe, even when they don't believe it's just like defiling a Bible with Trump's autographs. Like, Oh, Okay.
0: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Moving on to our next one. We've got a meme and it's a text meme. And this person says or this this post writes Trump supporters keep messaging us that they can't wait to get America back back to what? Segregation, coat hanger abortions, internment camps, barefoot and pregnant, lynchings, child labor, white supremacy. Seriously, either say what you mean or shut the hell up. <laughs> I I cannot these ones kind of drive me crazy because it's like it's just such an obvious like straw man, right? Like this is not what those <laughs> folks are talking about at all. They're talking about like hey, like we want to get back to an era of personal responsibility and and you know, kind of the perceived, you know, American exceptionalism that 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 has defined a lot of the earlier part of this you know the the 20th century. I do kind of get, I do want to grant to them. It's like, you know, getting back to America. It's like you know, in certain the the aspects of like, oh, we had a Republican president, or oh, we were America during World War One and World War Two or whatever. It's like, uh, like you don't have all of the you know the facts around that, and like Woodrow Wilson is probably the worst president that's ever happened to us, and. Uh, A lot of the bad things that we see today are because of him. And maybe you might say that's like the golden age of America or whatever. But regardless, you know, like what's really funny to me, though, is like these things like uh, segregation or internment camps or, you know, white supremacy, you know, and and, and all these things. It's like that occurred during like a Democrat, right? (laughs) Like the the guy, the party that you want to vote back in. I'm assuming this is under the leftists because, you know, make America great again and all that. This this is kind of anti-mega. But yeah, it's just funny, man. How that, how a lot of the things that they decry are are things that came about as you know the people in their party were in power. A lot of bad things happen with Republicans too. Don't get me wrong. But
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like you said, um, the strawmanning of this is what makes me laugh because I think I would view this post in a similar, similarly cringe way. But I don't even know if I would have signaled it out, singled it out for a cringe post if it was when Trump supporters keep messaging us that they can't wait to get America back. They're taking us back to, and then listing all the things that to me, it's like, okay, you know, whatever you can, you can make the argument, you know, like, Oh, if we, you know, didn't have legal abortion, then we'd have coat hanger abortions. And then you can have that discussion of what is the legitimate use of, you know, role does government can government ban that is the unintended consequence worth the risk, whatever, what have you. But, but that's not what this post is. This post is saying, You know, this is what they want. These specific things. Because it ends with saying, say what you mean or shut the hell up. It's like, well, okay, if if you want them to say what they mean, they'll tell you things like America's dominance as a global superpower, traditional family values, uh, small government. Whether or not these things existed, that's what they mean. And that's, like you said, so obvious. It's like, to me, this... um, just you know despite how, listing all these you know these things that they want that that they view as the negative repercussions uh it shows just how incapable people are of entertaining an opposing viewpoint and understanding what they view as you know meritous and what they view as the the noble ends and it's like i don't know i think for for me it's it's not hard to to sort of steel man a leftist's argument or steel man a trump person's argument right if you're a leftist you you want a social safety net you you think that the free market is going to let people fall through the cracks you want to make sure that those people are accounted for um think that people are corrupt and greedy without some sort of system of power to keep them accountable and, um, and so having a, a, a strong government that keeps people, you know, corrupt players in check is good because you need someone to follow the rules. That's kind of like the the, the basic leftist argument steel manned, in my opinion. Um, it, it simplified, obviously. And, and, you know, from a Trump, a Trumpist view, it's like you want to use the reins of power to get us back to traditional values. You've, well, of course you want to impose tariffs because you want the, the world to to sort of submit to America so that we can keep the peace, right? We want to have a strong okay. government. Uh, and a strong power globally to keep peace down, and uh, we want to instill, you know, traditional values, and we don't want technology to advance too pa- too fast, otherwise you displace millions of workers, and you know, like you can entertain the enemies, not the enemy, I actually opposing viewpoints pretty easily, in my opinion, and yet these people can't do the basics of saying like, you know, <laughs> rather than here are all the values that you get along with returning make America great. They, instead they're saying, what do you mean? You mean you want these bad things? Just say it then. It's like, that's not what they want. You dinguses. And that's why I think so many people resort to calling people racists and Nazis is because they just don't understand that. It's like maybe this person, even if they're going about it in the wrong way, in your opinion, in my opinion, whoever's opinion, it doesn't matter. They, ultimately maybe still want a good end right maybe they're not just inherently corrupt or evil yeah it this uh kind
0: of reminded me of you know these are also the same folks that will try and cancel someone because they made a, a nazi germany comparison right like i think about gina carano and she's saying hey like this happened in germany you know the the social fabric fell apart and people were willing to turn in their neighbors like maybe let's just be nice to each other and everyone on this side of the, the aisle you know flipped out it was like she's making a nazi comparison how inappropriate that's like dude like right here right like you are even if you really do believe that this is what you know folks want to get back to or whatever um it's like this is the same thing you're doing the same thing that you freaked out about right like these people aren't white supremacists. These people aren't, you know. I, I assume if you from ninety nine out of a hundred, you know, Trump supporters, like they would not want any of this stuff to happen, and maybe even uh, probably even higher ratio. I should say nine hundred ninety nine thousand out of a hundred thousand, you know, or whatever. Um, and, and that's just what it's. It's so disingenuous, right? Like these folks don't fight fair. Um, they they don't actually have good arguments, and so they the way that they have to win is by overloading you with uh, you know, triggering language, Ooh, white supremacist, racist, Nazi. And it's kind of hilarious because it's backfired in, in such a way that it doesn't mean anything anymore for to be called that. It's almost like, okay, like you've called me that, like no one really cares anymore. Um, and, uh, it, it's all about power for them, right? Like if they, they can, they can win one way one day, and then they're losing from the same tactic from the other side, the other day, you know, they're d- going to decry it. And that's, what's, uh, that that's what's so so ugly and cringe about these type of posts, right? Is is it's just not it's not fair. It's disingenuous. It doesn't actually engage with in, in a conversation like you were saying in such a way that like actually furthers discussion. And it's just meant to squash and uplift them, you know, themselves.
1: It it paints people in simplistic camps of everyone opposed to me is just evil. Which which makes me think, and I, I had to look it up so I could get it right. But it makes me think of that uh, Solzhenitsyn quote from the Gulag Archipelago: um, "If only it were so simple. If there were evil people somewhere, insidiously committing evil deeds, and it were necessary only to separate them from the rest of us and destroy them. But the line dividing good and evil cuts through the very excuse me through the heart of every human being. And who is willing to destroy a piece of his own heart? It's like such a good, you know, like profound Amazing. quote there." And, and it's and that's the problem is like I'm tend to bad corruption and horrible selfish desires and inclinations this person who's making this post has those same inclinations and the people he's criticizing has those inclinations but there isn't just a subset of people who are just wholly evil and and consumed by it and that's it you remove them and you're good um and I and I think that when you don't have that kind of a view, when you don't understand that the, the root of evil is in every man's heart sort of thing, and, and you, it is your own individual responsibility to, to stamp that out. I mean, and I would say not solely the individual, I would also say by the grace of God, but but still taking that self-responsibility and self-ownership and not relying on a list of rules put to you by an institution like the government to take care of that um, and to take care of the people who break those, then you end up with this really black and white view of the world where it's like, oh... Man, the Trump supporters are saying, make America great again. That must mean that they want all these, ho- they want racism. They want slaves again. That's the only thing it could possibly mean because they are wholly evil. Let's get rid of them, put them on trial for January 6th, and lock them away. Yep. <laughs> I love Solzhenitsyn. That was
0: good. good use of the quote. All right, moving on to our last one. And this is a verified user. It is David Hogg. And he writes. It's interesting to think about how so much airport security is the physical manifestation of surveillance capitalism. It's terrifying when you realize how that's just the tip of the iceberg in terms of the actual total information collected on us every day. And uh, when when we were going through this in the very beginning, I, I told Donnie, I was like, oh, this is almost accidentally based, you know, really, really close, except for one word. Except for one word. If you just took out capitalism if he just put took that out and he replaced it with state, the surveillance state. It would have been awesome. I would have maybe almost become a David Hogg fan,
1: but uh <laughs> man, he was literally he was literally this close, this close, but so far away. <laughs> he it feels it feels kind of like the the Bernie Sanders where it's like Bernie will say something about foreign intervention and you're like, "Oh, or, or maybe more accurately Noam Chomsky, where he's like talking about foreign intervention and he's like, you know, like, yeah, these these public private partnerships of weapon manufacturers that are incentivizing us to go abroad and get oil. And you're like, yeah, yeah. So really the thing is we need to prevent them from doing that by making a lot. No, you're like, oh, dang it, dude, come on. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think it is, it is so hilarious how this is just exactly the, the like description of the bad thing you don't like. And then just somehow attributing it to capitalism you know the tsa that very privately owned capitalistic venture that's not at all entangled with the government set up by the government put into power by government policy or anything like that right this very very free market organization the tsa crazy how that's just such a physical manifestation of our capitalism in this capitalist state i mean what kind of mental gymnastics do you have to do to get to that place?
0: It, it's so weird, man. Like, it, it, this kind of reminds me of how like, leftists will simultaneously be like, dude, cops suck because they've got a monopoly on force. Like, because they're not going to be held accountable, because, you know, when they fail, they just get more money. Like, they're going to continue to do a bad job. And then they can literally turn around and say, hey, we need single payer health care. <laughs> and it's like oh like you know and so it's like it's it's so interesting to me it's like like yeah the reason why the TSA sucks is because it it was taken over by the government every airport in the country you know national traveling airport is run by the government um and or has at least a lot of heavy government regulation and staffing and all security is taken care of by the government it's like that's not capitalism and you know i it's funny i um I have a buddy and and we were um we were applying for some like uh like business funding and stuff for, for my startup and you know it's kind of wild man like you've got these funds um, they're called technology seed funds and basically you you if you want to you can write the gr- for the grant yourself or you can pay someone $200,000 and they'll write the grant for you and uh, you get basically like a 50/50 chance of of getting like $2 million from from that but the reason the people that write these grants are not actually like really good grant writers. They just know everyone on the grant board, right? So they go shake hands and say, hey, this is a good thing. You should do this and blah, 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 blah. So, anyways, we didn't have $200,000. So, we just wrote the grant ourselves. And obviously, we didn't win, right? We didn't get any of the money or anything like that. And, uh, you know, I'm going to take whatever money that the government was going to give for free. I'm going to try and take it if I can. I know that's some of my libertarian friends are going to be sad about that. But, anyways, we needed it, wanted it. And my buddy in the business was like, "Well, that's just capitalism for you." And I'm like, "Dude, <laughs> like, like, okay, like I get it. Like, what you're just substituting capitalism for like thing that is evil, right? Or like human nature that that causes like biases and and monopoly of power that causes you know dis, uh, you know outcomes that are not very favorable or or or, or, or fair to people." And it's really weird like um what's the guy's name john mackey from from whole foods you know conscious capitalism like i think that's actually a really great book for these people on the left to read because it really lays out a really good argument for like hey like capitalism is purely about how is capital put into people's hands and how is it used to grow and and make more pie so everyone has more and and there's more abundance and yeah like there is definitely some people that are ugly and awful and they you know, they're use they they're, they're, they're willing to you know, take away a dollar to make themselves a cent richer you know, from the, the average worker and all these things and, and squeeze people. But there's also a lot of people that don't do that. And in fact, capitalism is the only system that we know of so far that is set up in such a way that you're actually incentivized in a lot of ways to not do that, to not squeeze people because you need to work together. It's all about voluntary exchange and teamwork. Um, And if you don't have people to trade with, or if you don't have people that will work for you, or that are willing to do a good job for you, you're you're gonna lose. And um, so I laid that out for him. I was like, "Yeah, like that's what capitalism. It's not. It's not some bureaucrat deciding who wins and who loses at the top. That's actually more like socialism. You know, (laughs) like that's more like statism. And yeah, we've got crony capitalism in a lot of ways. But um, you know, the, the you can't say something is capitalistic when it's controlled by a bureaucrat at the top."
1: yeah i i think you're i think you're completely right there um it's and and it's weird to again take this sort of like top-down um view of you know of of like the tsa of that as the the physical manifestation of surveillance capital i mean like right now i mean you could argue that they're you know in the current state like capitalism Benefits from surveillance data and stuff like there are Google trends and, and information that you, again, you have are voluntarily giving these people, right? Um, but, but in, in most ways um, that, that physical manifestation or whatever, that the manifestation of that comes to you through things like targeted ads or, um, yeah. I don't know, algorithms uh- that direct videos to you or TikToks to you or whatever, and, and I'm not saying that I love all this information collecting. I don't. But the free market actually is the one that's also providing you the ways out of those scenarios, right? Like VPNs that you can purchase and buy to try to protect your anonymity. Um, for a long time, um, I, I don't remember how it's landed, but Apple, uh, the private company, was refusing to give um, that the the government a a backdoor into their you know users data because they they're like once we give that backdoor there's there's no way we give that back right get that back um and again i don't know where that ended up being but it's like or or even something like bitcoin and and like blockchain technologies that are decentralizing and allowing you to go off the uh, the banking system right and like you know any any good leftist should hate the banks because the banks aren't you know notoriously uh, shady back deals, um, again through proper government channels as, as you and I would would point out but you know all these all these things should be sung to the praises of capitalism where it's like yeah this this data surveillance and all these different things exists that's just a byproduct of having technology and advancing society and building on the blocks of what you have created in this society and yet, what's what he's the takeaway here is that the physical manifestation of surveillance capitalism is the one thing where you literally have no choice but but to comply with the TSA unless ironically you pay money. So it's almost like the, the only <laughs> nearly capitalistic it's it's a little bit more extortiony than capitalist, but the the closest thing to capitalism with the TSA is the way to avoid it. Right? <laughs> you have to have the background check ahead of time and all that. But but it's funny. So it's like no, it seems to me that the sur- the, the physical manifestation of the government surveillance is the government I, I think that that's a little bit closer and and yes he's right that it is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of the actual total information collected and that's true but who's abusing that information who's who is really using it uh, inappropriately and i don't know i mean again i'm not defending every big corporate business that has all this data i don't like it but at least at least you have a choice when it comes to you know purchasing a vpn or Uh, those kinds of privacy measures that the market is giving you a solution for whereas the government really gives you no recourse doesn't give you an option and every time they try to do that sort of thing they end up screwing it up more right like you look at like eu privacy regulations like they have to notify you that they're going to track your cookies and then you end up breaking a bunch of websites and you have to get this ping and it doesn't really change anything it's like okay now i just either can't access this website at all or they they tell me that they're tracking their data which i already knew before (laughs) so it's I don't know. It's, it's a bandaid. And if at that, it's a bandaid that's like you put on in the shower and it just kind of falls off right away.
0: Yeah. My, uh, my, my favorite thing to do with, with people like this, um, you know, cause they'll say stuff. It's like, well, you know, someone's having a hard time with cancer or something. Well, that's just capitalism. And I go, okay, like, how would you fix it? Like you are, you know, you've got the chance with a magic wand to to, to make the system, Exists that could fix this, what would you do? And they're like, well, I would fund this and I would do this and I would put people in charge that could do this. And it's like, oh, so basically you'd centralize control to the point where there's only a couple people making decisions and that's what we've got right now. So why is it not better? Like, why is your utopia? Why doesn't it exist yet? You know, and there's this uh, concept in lean where it's like, hey, if you ask uh, lean is like a business uh, procedure or process for like how you, you know, make decisions and improve process improvement. And uh, basically you ask, like, let's say you have an M&M factory and like you're losing money. So you say, OK, why am I losing money? Well, I'm not producing enough M&Ms. Why am I not producing enough M&Ms? Well, you know, the machine is, you know, de- degrading. Right. And so why is it degrading? Well, we've got in- unskilled operators making it. So the solution after you ask five whys usually presents itself. And it's like, OK, now do that with a, you know whatever existing problem we've got with the government right now. Surveillance capitalism, you know, or surveillance You know, and just in general, it's like, well, it's because we have a centralized, controlled system. Like if you ask why enough, you've got people at the top that are not incentivized to do anything good for anyone else other than themselves and only to further their own power. And that's why we have what we've got. And if you don't want to have that, you've got to do the complete opposite of that. You've got to decentralize it and you've got to have capitalist systems. You've got to have free markets. I really loved what you pointed out about like the free market solves a lot of these issues, which is really funny, like VPNs and uh, kind of like you were talking about, like there's, 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 I think it's a, uh, is it cleared or whatever? Like where you can pay at the TSA? Cause there's the TSA yeah. like pre-checked and then there's cleared, which I think is a private company. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But. I, I think, I think cleared might be. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like, there's private companies that like, they exist to overcome the inefficiencies of the government. Right. And like, that's what's like different companies that will exp- expedite certain types of paperwork or even even what I was talking about you know, earlier with the grants. There's a private company that's like, hey, like you want to get this money. You want to try and claw back some of your taxpayer money like we'll help you write the grant to get it and we'll shake hands and grease palms to make it happen. And uh, that's what's so amazing, you know, in spite of so much government intrusion into our lives. The free markets continues to help us grow and continues to make life better for people, and despite you know want people wanting to push it down, like David Hogg. Yeah, that's all I've gotten this one. No,
1: I, I yeah, no, I think I think I'm I think I'm good here as well. So uh, cool. I I mean it does it is also just kind of funny that I mean I guess I sympathize with him a little bit because through no fault of his own and not not i i guess a little bit by choice by choosing to be an activist but he was thrust into the limelight like he doesn't have a a private life to the degree that most people do um i that's some some of not his fault some of his fault by choosing to be an activist i guess but i don't know i don't know any of the other kids do you uh well kyle kashuv right um okay so two two of however many kids were there so i'm pretty sure yeah exactly so 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 that's the thing is like he, he was put in a circumstance that wasn't his his fault, but then he chose to become somewhat of a public person. So him, him complaining about the surveillance, it's a, a, a little bit funny to me, but but I mean, I can't fault him because he's 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 not wrong, right? The sur- surveillance is there. It's it's bad, but he's just, again, misdiagnosed sur- the problem. Yeah, that's yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well,
0: friends, thanks for hanging out with us tonight and uh, going through all of these nice cringes and uh hearing us take them down if we said anything that made you cringe or if you've got any thoughts or or additional feedback or or additional anti-cringe for us to share next time uh, please let us know Uh, we'd love to hear from you you can catch us at cringepost.com or at our socials at cringepostpod on instagram twitter and and all of those um and yeah like i said at the beginning of the show please like share and subscribe it helps us out a bit a lot and uh, we'll catch you next time thanks